Welcome, coming at you live from SGC. This is the Geek Domination Podcast. It is Zane and Cody. I don't know why I did that backwards. I'm really fucking tired. It's okay. We just had the longest, what feels like the longest weekend of our lives. It really wasn't even that long. I know it wasn't. Fucking wimps. But yeah, we are at SGC. (laughs) Uh, SGC is now over. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it ended. Yeah, just note about the quality. Obviously, we can't bring our entire recording rig to Dallas, or else, I mean, that's a lot of shit to bring, and we it's weren't going to do it. Stuff. It's just, no. There's just no way. We need another separate luggage thing just for all our equipment. Oh, jeez, yeah. But, so, it's a little scrubby setup. It's okay. Don't hate us too much. Please. Hate us however much you want, but, but you know. Not not based on this one episode. Yeah, exactly. Just don't base it combination on Combination of just, us. Oh, we left the con early today. And I fucking just came home and slept. You slept for like three and a half hours. I was done. Yeah. Also, I was on the brink multiple times sitting there, and then that rock star kicked in, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get shit done. I mean, I got a kickstart before we came home, and then I was just like, nope. You passed out before you could even crack the candle. Pretty open. much. It was It was a good time, though. We had a really good time. We really did. Just exhausting. It was. Um, so let's, let's talk about the con. Um we showed up early Friday, like at eight thirty. It was, but yeah, we, we got there at eight thirty. Yeah, on Friday when stuff didn't really even start until eleven, and we uh, chatted up with some artists. That chatted was up with really some artists, cool. you know, did some business stuff, um, um, hung out with the arcade. I was expecting the arcade to be a little bit bigger for some reason. So did I. Honestly, I thought there was gonna be a little bit more, but I, then I realized I'm like, oh, they're just bringing like the people that are here, these the Screw Attack guys, and maybe a few others are bringing their own cabinets they've purchased over time. It's not like they commissioned something to show. Well, up. yeah. So it was less than we thought, but what was there was pretty cool because a lot of them were retooled, refixes, yeah. and repairs, and all DDR, that. House of the Dead. Uh, there was a Soul Caliber cabinet. What was the one we were playing on that had the three Uzis and the middle one was broken? I don't even remember the name, but... Uh, some zombie shooter game. It was weird. It was fun. It was fun. It was just that middle one was broken. You never realize how much you uh, suck at like arcade shooter games until you just have the ability to just to free play them and just... Oh, I died, restart. Oh, I died, restart. Oh, I died. Continue, continue, continue endlessly. Yep. When, trying to, when you try to count it and you lose track, that's when you know you, you kind of suck at arcade shooters. Arcade shooters are fucking hard. Especially when the gamma is going out and yeah. you can't see what's going on on the screen. Yeah. That sucked on House of the Dead. Yeah. Also, you realize just how much of a money crunch those things are. Like, they're designed to suck in coins. That's what we realized, too. Yeah. When bosses just don't flinch and they just start flinging shit at you and you're like, well, I died six times on that boss. If I was in the arcade, that would be a, like a shit ton of coins at that point. Just continuously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there isn't else anything said other than that. Um, let's talk about some panels. Yeah, so yeah. So on Friday we saw... Uh, yeah, I'm blanking. Did You Know Gaming? And we saw... Kind of Funny. Yeah. That was that's the only we, two. That was oh, it. Those were nice. Um, they were actually... Did You Know is hilarious. It was. It was smaller and... It was, it was just the one dude. Just the one guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Shane, Shane? Sean... Steven Ralph. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, He tried doing a quiz that everyone pretty much aced, apart from like three questions out of like the 15. And he only had five uh, cookie butters. Seven. It was like some really obscure number. That's right. Yeah. It was like seven cookie butters. Um, He talked a bit. People had questions that were kind of obvious for him, and he just felt like, I don't know, he felt very much like his panel was useless. You could tell. 
He's like, I don't know why they asked me to do a panel. I don't really have anything to contribute. <laughs> I don't have expertise to give these people. Right. I love the um, someone asked, you know, how do you get your research? He's like, I'm not fucking telling you. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my secrets. My secrets of finding out everything. But we got a sneak peek at a new Did You Know Gaming uh, Team Fortress 2 video. Yeah, that was which really was cool. lovely. That was really cool. Team Fortress 2 is like one of those games that like, there's a lot of lore hidden. Well, and, and the fact that that had such a slow content rollout. Like, that game had so much content that came out over the course of, like, a really long period. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, sure it still is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It still is. And to an extent, like, the fact that it's had such a long, slow rollout, people have not paid as close attention except for the core group that sticks with it endlessly. And so, like, to see that information as, like, an outsider, that was really cool. Just to kind of go, oh, wow. I didn't even know any of this at all. This is all new information. But that was cool. Yeah, and then we went to Kind of Funny, which their panel was... um, Hilarious. It was hilarious, but it was funny because, like, the subtitle of the the actual panel was um, How to Make Money Off of YouTube. And I think that was, like, 30 seconds of the entire panel. And yeah, it was just it was. more about them and what they do, which I mean, it was still very enjoyable. It all, they also helped gauge expectations for people that are doing it, and they, you know, they it was really definitely geared towards like, hey, if you are already doing it, like, great. If you're not, this is kind of, you just have to start. Like, they're really just shoved it in your face from the get go. Like, here's where it, what it is, and here's what you need to do, which I liked. Yeah. I liked that they were kind of just upfront with all that stuff. Um, you know, seeing those personalities on that stage they're no different they're absolutely zero different from on their videos coming from someone who has kind of missed kind of funny for the most part mm-hmm. um just because they don't have the time yeah. more than anything else just to right. bring in content anymore it was really enjoyable and i mean honestly like we did that we also did a meet and greet with um with the people of kind of funny and the fans last night and that was fun that was really cool we got to network a lot we did we just got i mean that was just a fun chance just to talk to people yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, it's it's hard to even say this, but it's almost hard to connect at a convention like this in the sense where there's so many people. But at the same time, it's really easy to connect because there's so many people. It's difficult because everyone kind of comes to these conventions in their small groups. You know, we went as two people. Most people go in, like, groups of two to five to twelve. You know, whatever number they come in, but they come in groups, and so they they stick to those groups. And there's very minimal group to group interactions. Whereas going to a meet and greet and having like the social environment, and I mean, put it bluntly, the encouragement of alcohol too. Truth. Um, people break out of their shells and talk, and they'll just like we got approached by a dude at the meet and greet that just started up a conversation about Pokemon, like literally just. And we talked this. How do you guys feel about Pokemon? Like You're just like two what? hours about Pokemon and other gaming in general. Just yeah. yeah, that was really a cool. ton of people at that meetup though. It was insane. We met uh, Guardian Radio. Yep, those guys. A couple Guardian of those guys are really cool. Yeah. Um, God, that was just a really cool time. Saw we saw a bunch of cosplayers yesterday. Was cosplay day. Yeah. So we just saw a bunch of stuff. We we were trying to get pictures and we just couldn't. Like at a certain, at a certain point, people are just walking away. You're like, okay, like some whatever. Good, some like, really cool. It's it's so weird to causeway too. How you get the people who are just super good, and then just everything else looks like shit in comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. anytime, like there was a there was a couple different clouds from Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. and there was one where I was just like, your sword is definitely this like duct tape. It I looks was proud really of, bad. I was really proud of the fact that he nailed 
the size, the size and the look of it. But I was like, and the look of Cloud hoisting it because yeah. that's the thing that most people do is they'll get something heavy and looks real and they can't lift it, or they'll make it really fake and they can lift it. And I mean, when there's still so. like the creases, like yeah, in no, the I duct agree. tape, I was I like. Agree. You could have spent like 20 more minutes and yeah. maybe 10 more dollars to make that smoothed out. Yeah. But that was a really cool one. We saw, you know, um, Riddler was at the meet and greet. That was really cool. That's up on our uh, Facebook right now. It is, actually. Yeah, we got a couple more pictures I want to post. Um, there was a guy role-playing as uh, Zora Link from George Mask. Oh, that was so cool. There was Skull Kid. There was Jacked from Final Fantasy X. Obviously, a ton of Gokus. Gokus a shit ton of Gokus. One of those guys was super good. Some of them were really good. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean we missed out on it, but apparently someone dressed as Superman and someone dressed as Goku fought. Yeah, it was during like, the panel. It was during our the panel we were in, and apparently everyone said it was the coolest thing ever because they actually made it look pretty legit. Apparently, that's funny. Um, there was a couple, there were two different sets of people who came as a payday crew, which I thought. And then there was a few was random funny. singles mm-hmm. running around as payday crews. I was like, wow, there's a lot of people doing payday. Payday is like a cult thing right now and especially since it just came out again on, on next, the next gen, gen. Yep. Like, there's a lot of heat about it right now which you know good for that yeah yeah right well so, it's easy to do right i mean i would like vest to... suit and mask yeah and suits and guns and guns and guns uh but yesterday what panels did we go to yesterday we went to rooster teeth rooster teeth and we um, went to oh, oh there was one game. more peanut butter gamer yeah pbg that's right. And then we were going to do the Dragon Ball Z reunion. But, but when we got out of Rooster Teeth panel, the line was already like through the convention center. We were like, like the entire convention like, center. There's no way we're going to get in. And we just gave up right then and there. Pretty much. We just realized like there's no way we're going to get in. It kind of sucked. Like, I was interested in it. But it definitely you could tell that like most, I would say probably maybe even half of the people who were there at that convention were just there for that. Yeah, like, I mean, when you have a, a legacy going back to the late 70s with Dragon Ball, it's going to have a fucking huge following. And the fact that there's, you know, we got Dragon Ball Resurrection of F coming out in the States soon. And then on, on top of that is the announcement that Dragon Ball Super is coming to us next year. Like, Funimation is located also in Dallas. Yep. So we just had a feeling. And sure enough, when we walked out, it was just like, fuck, well, <laughs> let's just pass this up, I guess chosen even not even to attend the signing because the signing line was also huge like some people were passing on the panel just to be in the signing and they were already in line and we're like mm, yeah we'd have to go this. stand in line now and, and we were like they sit there for like two hours yep so but yeah that was good uh pbg had a really good panel it was, it was fun huge it was, there was so many people that there. was probably the most packed panel that we att- attended attended there. yeah that we attended yeah um his uh tune link won the uh amiibo cockfight which apparently um that happened late Friday night. Like midnight. Which apparently, if your Amiibo lost, you had to burn it. You had to wipe it. So I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah, that was a good one, though. Um, it was fun. Like, PVG's just... He's just such a personality. He really himself. is, yeah. He's so exuberant. He actually took a photo with uh, with a fan that asked where he like was trying to get in the frame. So he hopped up on the table and first was going to stand on it. And then he laid across it all sexy-like. That got a nice rousing out of the fans and he was giving out prizes which some were just pieces of paper that said absolutely nothing and what was great was he was using those to under like oh you don't get a prize because it was a raffle sort of moment and 
then people someone was like i kind of want the piece of paper he's just like okay take it and then it just became a thing where everybody was taking the piece of paper and we kept saying like why aren't you getting like initials or a signature like what are you why aren't you doing and no one did it so yep. it was weird yep but uh i will say something about sgc as a whole somehow we got sat next to the most obnoxious fans at almost every panel almost just yeah, i mean no, i wouldn't say like obnoxious fan just like there's more outspoken and loud yes yeah outspoken and loud fans uh the ones that really wanted to make their voice known in the audience i would say um during pbg there was a little kid in front of us and no you know nothing wrong with being excited but it does take time for you to understand that sometimes that excitement doesn't translate to the person that you're trying to get their attention of correct and being more crazy does not help it's one of those things where like he kept jumping up and down and you're like i don't i if i was on the panel i would purposefully avoid people like you just saying like not to be mean just that's how my mind works is like you're giant fuck you no not really but i mean yeah it's just more of like you want to go for the guys that are actually being patient for you to an extent the ones that are willing to wait yes rather than the guys that are trying to shove their way to the front of the line because you're like whoa guy you're like way too eager um but yeah, that was good. And we went to Rooster Teeth yesterday, which surprisingly, like, I was like, this is going to be like... Uh, we thought it was one. huge. It wasn't really. It wasn't. It took up the two center sections of seats, and then almost no one, there was a couple people on the side <laughs> seats. And yeah. it was cool. We got to see four shorts. Yep. The new episode of X-Ray and Vav, which actually went up out like hours that before. day. Yeah. New shorts, which hasn't been released yet, which was nice. Um... A new uh, section of their new show, a million dollar, a million dollars, but yep, which was funny. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a new animated adventure. Yeah, the animated adventure, which was pretty cool too. Yep. Um, it was Barb, uh, Barb, Chris, Jordan, Jordan, who does yep. animated adventures, yep. and some other guy, and some other newer who guy. I don't know. Yeah, he's a newer member. Uh, we got to see. Oh, what is his name? I'm blanking now. The new black dude that was in Laser Team. He was featured in one of the shorts, so you can tell he's kind of, I wouldn't say full-time, but he's definitely kind of a member of their inner group now in terms yeah. of, like, being a part of their shorts and stuff. I don't remember his name. Uh, but he was in Laser Team, and he was also in one of their shorts. He's really cool, because I also saw him during a podcast of Funhouse, like, last week, which mm-hmm. was, you can tell, he's actually starting to, like, become part of that. And what's funny is, like, he was an outsourced actor. He was just somebody that, like, they, they auditioned him, and he worked the part, and then he did the whole film with them, and then he kind of just was like, I like this. They were like, we like you. Stick around. Yep. We'll just use you for all the shorts. Every one of them. It was funny. I will admit. Like, I, without giving away real spoilers, one of them involves cake, which have, you can think about whatever one that one was. And then there was one that involved a lot of, uh, I think, the, I think dictation. The, yeah, That's I'm the word I'll sh- use. A dictation, which yeah. literally was just like the act of, um, taking stuff down with your voice literally while doing other things, doing other dick dick things dick things so play with that in your head sex <laughs> <laughs> yes that one um the d it was really funny yeah. like those shorts were really great the uh panel for them was just kind of silly because it just felt like no one really had uh, that's how it I feel was most weird panels. but like i mean like obviously like we went to rtx a couple years ago yeah so obviously we enjoy the rooster teeth people but I mean, like, anymore, like, I feel like it was like, there are people at this panel who had never heard of Rooster Teeth before. Which is, 
coming from the idea that like we grew up and we were watching things like RTX or sorry Arusha, uh, Red versus Blue and Achievement Hunter, Achievement and stuff Hunter. like that. I'm just like this is kind of subsiding. I mean, like obviously Achievement Hunter is probably their most popular aspe- popular aspect right now. But yeah, it's it's easily the most accessible. And I would be, I wouldn't even be surprised if there's a large majority of the audience who don't even know that Achievement Hunter is part of Rooster Teeth. I, me too, yeah, that's true. Um, I was kind of shocked considering how long Red vs. Blue has been a thing on the internet. Yeah. That's more my thing with that one is like, it's been a thing since about 2003-ish, ongoing, continuous storyline, and there's still people out there that just have no clue what it is. And it's like, really? Have you been on the internet once or twice? Like, that's my bigger thing is... If you've seen the internet, you've probably seen a frame or two or a full video of Red vs. Blue at some point. Maybe. Um, if you're interested in gaming at all. I don't know. I, know, I don't know. Not to be like, you're an idiot. For right, obviously. Are, like, that's not the point of that, but that's just like a surprising thing. It's just like, oh, there were some people there that had no clue and were asking questions like, where do I start? It's like, jump in. Like, really, with any video series or any company, it's just like, jump in somewhere and hope that it's good. And if it's not, check out another one. And if it's still not good for you, then you stop. Yeah. Like, it's the the nice thing about Rooster Teeth is they have so many shows and so got many so many. I mean, I kind of feel like production on some of their other stuff has kind of slowed during the filming of Laser Team because I feel like this whole time is well, Laser Team filmed at this exactly point, like it's that's why I feel like they're about to ramp back up. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely felt like some of their production was set aside for that. And I always, I'm always love to hear how much they're still growing. Like I think Barbara said, um, they're up to like a hundred people in the studio. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, which is nuts. Wait, yeah, well, heck, even seeing some of those shorts and seeing the filming, like they're obviously in their own offices doing the filming, and I remember old videos when they were like really not that quality within their own offices. Like it looked much more like, yeah, we're renting out this really tiny place, and now it's like you guys look like you might own a building or two now. I think they own a warehouse, a more formal warehouse. office building, yeah. and a warehouse. I think they do too now. Um, I mean, I've seen some other videos more recently that show off, like, the sound studios they have. I'm like, you guys actually have, like, a full-fledged actual sound studio now. I remember back when you guys were recording, and it was like, well, like, what we're doing right now. Yep. And I was like, damn, like, you guys have come a really far way. Which, I mean, good for them. Absolutely. Like, like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was really cool. Um, like I said, though, the, the questions asked during the panel were the part where I was kind of like, feels a little pointless like most of these people aren't really asking any substantial questions well it's like always like is this series coming back you know are we oh, gonna yeah. see more of this person yeah it's like i don't know stuff that you should just be like paying if you pay attention to them to some degree you'll probably know the answer to it yeah. to some degree um but yeah that was that was kind of cool um yeah yesterday was pretty laid back we mostly were networking throughout the day we were handing out a shit ton of cards mm-hmm. trying to get coverage and maybe some of you who are listening right you know during to this one yeah there if we met you at sgc hi thank you for hello listening. We'll, we'll give you, <laughs> if, if you guys gave us cards and stuff we'll give you a shout out later we're, we're, we're gonna get to that so don't worry yes. um and then today which um was a very noticeable difference from the amount of people yesterday to today lower congestion we were also there relaxing. at nine o'clock in the morning for a panel and there was no one there. It was fantastic. It really was. We uh, started with um, How to Win the U2 Game, which had the lovely gentleman of the Game Theorists, uh, Black Nerd Comedy, and The Completionist. Yep. And that was fun. That like, was really good. Yeah, seriously. And insightful. Was, yeah, I mean, a lot. I wouldn't say I learned anything revolutionary. Something that kind of caught me off guard was, like, Drake, 
who is uh he did crossover all that time mm-hmm. and then he's now I can't I forget the more recent series he's doing now but um and how he was saying like the last two years he's kind of had to really bring his ego back down because for a while there as he put it he got out of hand and in my head I'm like how do you get out of hand like how how did that occur and because when you it? look at the size of their freaking panel line oh absolutely like i understand that, that but i just nuts. mean like i don't know what he did behavioral wise that made him you know out of control or whatever i'm like weird okay yeah. sure but black nerd comedy was really he got me actually kind of interested in checking out more of his stuff mm-hmm. with the panel i i was interested uh gaijin goomba i love that guy like all the way Matt Pat, oh, fucking Matt, and then he showed up during the uh, the first panel of the week. The did you know? Did you gaming. know? Yeah, the plug their new channel. Yeah, but it was also theory. funny. Um, Matt Pat just has such a distinguishable voice. Yes, he has a very distinguishable voice, which is funny because when he was talking about like, you know, like personality and your voice and just like your image and everything, you need to have like something super unique. And I was like, your voice is. More unique than anyone I've ever heard. A really. lot, like, like more recently on the internet. I mean, yeah. like they were talking about like game theorists just crossed like four million subscribers. Like oh, that's nuts. Like they are exploded. So like just to jump to it, like we were gonna go to the game theorist panel today. Today, and the line was almost as bad as it was for Dragon Ball Z. And we were just and like, I was like, holy shit, good for you guys, but what the fuck? And then we were both kind of just turned off. We were just like, yeah, we're tired and we don't want to deal with a line. Like this. Bye, SGZ. Bye, see you SGZ. Later. We'll see you later. That was the last thing we were going to do for the day anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, we weren't even going to do it for the sake of, like, spreading ourselves out. We were really just interested in what they do and their methods. Because yeah. we enjoy the game theory. Oh, we love game theory. Mm-hmm. When we can watch it. <laughs> now, a keyword <clears throat> one. But, uh, um, yeah. And then we also went to the Funhouse panel, <clears throat> which was a lot like the Rooster Teeth panel in a sense. It's, I mean, what's great about those guys is that they never turn off as it were like they are what they are on screen and off screen 100 percent of the time one of their intros oh my god lawrence like being announced shigeru miyamoto and then just looping around like walking, walking on the stage, stage walking off three four full times and he started to do the fifth time but that's when he was finally like okay okay whatever i'm sorry like this got out of hand um let's see james walked out and bowed in a circle about 12 times in the same spot before walking over and kind of messing with uh bruce bruce went and ran and did high fives all over the the hall mm-hmm. and adam i forgot what adam did honestly i think it was i think he high just fives walked too oh wait no he carried out no bruce carried out superman that's right the the balloon the balloon superman balloon superman that was good though like because they showed off two new videos that's uh one was a demo disc video, which was just funny. Like, I know I don't usually like their Let's Plays. Like, once or twice they're good. Sometimes they're garbage. And that demo disc made me interested in other demo disc videos. I might not watch them all, but I might go check out a couple now. Yeah. Um, I was sitting there, I was like, you're just trying to install, like, a million games on this PC. Yeah. Like, that, that can't be good. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Well, and they even made the joke. Like, most of us aren't actual computer guys. Most of them are just editors. Like, they came from... I remember them coming from G4. That was the thing. Is, like, yeah. They showed, they showed videos of how they used to have cubicles in G4. And what's funny is Bruce, Adam, and I want to say the one that wasn't there that was also on G4 was... Uh, oh, I forgot already. But uh, um, another person. And they all had uh, separate cubicles. And they never met until they were together on Machinima. <laughs> and they worked at G4 at the same time for several years. Oh, wow. So, like, 
it's just cool to see those guys go from there because we grew up watching G4 back in the day to some extent. Um, but yeah, seeing those guys evolve has been really cool. They also did an open house that they showed us, which which I love the open houses. Those are my favorite because they're just essentially a Q&A that's more impromptu and much better editing. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, those guys are great. Got some pictures with those guys. Yeah. They're funny. And then just talking about more about the convention itself, we met, we mentioned it before, we met a bunch of really cool artists, you know, bought way too much art, more than I should have, you know. But <laughs> awesome, amazing art. We also got stuff for the other guys in the group because they couldn't be here, of course. Yeah. But um, we also checked out the console slash eSport room, which was really cool. There was yeah. an Alienware truck. Which was kind of ridiculous. Kind of. Um, but, uh... What's interesting is that they somehow they, they rhino lined the entire truck. Yep. Which I thought was actually kind of interesting. And then they had a pull out tray with like six stations um mounted on the back and like dubstep playing from speakers mounted on the roof. Blah, 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 it blah, was blah. obnoxiously cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I already said this it was like I've never been a fan of like Alienware products per se, but I was like, You guys are pretty fucking flashy. Like, that's just fact. Oh, absolutely. Like, the fact that they do everything dark, and then they have a shit ton of neon just sort of, like, flashing around. It's like, yeah, you guys are flashy as fuck. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that was cool, though, because we got to see, like, a uh, Smash Brothers wall projection playing on, like, eight-player Smash on a playing giant screen. Rocket League on a giant screen. They that was cool. Playing. Just Counter-Strike everywhere. Just Halo. Portal. Portal. It was all kinds of shit. Uh, dive Kick. Dive Kick. Um... Yeah, there was a shit ton of stuff. We saw a whole line of stations that were, like, just PCs ready to go. It was pretty cool stuff yeah. in that room. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else was on the floor. I know, like, we didn't check out anything in the panel room. There was, like, everything small was over there. Yeah, the actual panel room. Yeah, All the, the panels pan- we went to were in the main stage. Yeah, main area. stage. Um, we got to see a ton of vendors, talk to a bunch of vendors. Some cool shit. And there was also just kind of a lot of normal, normal stuff. Retro gaming yeah. that's overpriced. Pretty and much used things i mean fuck we saw what was it i think we saw a ddd going for uh, amiibo going amiibo for ddd 50. and there was like a jigglypuff there and a meta knight and they were all as like 50 dollars like really like yeah really really like that's obnoxious um there was some cool group doing a thing where they were uh selling what was it 20 dollar treasure chests 30 30 dollars 30 dollars treasure chests and the actual like Booth there, I was selling stuff. It was a lot of import retro games. So like retro games was like and silkscreen posters. No, that was a different booth. Oh, okay. it was actually the booth oh, right gotcha. next to them. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But um, that one like there was like we were looking through some stuff. There was like a Japanese Mario oh, Kart yeah. 64 and like a Japanese Mar or Majora's, and I was like these are all really cool. I I'm not gonna get them, but really I thought cool. about it for a second. But I, I was did like, too. Yeah, especially the Majora's. Yeah, that was super cool seeing mm-hmm. it in the original case, and the fact that those cases are so similar to like the NES. Or the SNES, the SNES uh, boxes, except they were plastic cases and they're super high quality. Well, that's what I mean. That's the old SNES case style. When you would buy SNES games, they were in those same kind that's of cases, right, like the original. Yeah. Ones, yeah, and so those were sixty-four games in those same boxes. That was kind of cool. Uh, but what's cool is that those treasure chests, uh, the, the proceeds went to charity on most of them. Like, the, like fifty. I don't know. I remember how the cost was, but it was like fifty percent of proceeds go to charity. Yeah, it was like thirty dollars, and it was like. $30 plus worth of stuff and it was like import stuff and there's like mm-hmm. a random DS in there. Yeah, you might get stuff. DS and other consoles. I saw a ton of people walking around with them. 
Yeah, we were we really thought about it. Like honestly, the gamble of going thirty bucks in maybe might get me something cool. Like, nope, gotta spend too much money on art. Yeah, patches and vinyl stickers and stuff. Can't. Um, God, yeah, there was a lot of really cool stuff. We talked to that one artist for a couple there, of hours. There was like, there's an artist there who was um, what's his name? It was Eric. Uh, Eric Lemus. Yeah, he um, did. He does a lot of really cool stuff with watercolors. Watercolor artist who is amazing. Mm-hmm. He does some really dark and twisted artwork. We saw him paint a couple of pictures while we were there too. And there was he did a couple different Pikachu's. He mm-hmm. did um, a Carnage. Yep, he did a Carnage and Venom mm-hmm. like the big fish eating the littler fish, eating the littler fish kind of style. Um, yeah, he did a lot of really cool stuff, and we bought several of his paintings as well as the artist that he also works with which i don't remember his name off the top of my head um but he did um digital art which was also very very cool they just had such a unique style yep it was this very dark dark gritty all the way from dark and gritty to kind of like this like just really twisted yeah almost. there was definitely some of that in there for sure but there was also some like light-hearted stuff in there randomly that was surprising but interesting like, oh here's pikachu and squirtle wearing like a cape and, and like a, a mask. ninja turtle mask and size oh, like oh here's like yoshi as like an actual dinosaur here's a really dark watercolor majora's mask and then over here here's a really light-hearted bright majora's mask that's super bubbly looking mm-hmm. but yeah There's a lot of really cool stuff from him yeah we also saw vendors selling like beat art pixel beat art that was really cool um a lot of sticker art a lot of sticker art. Sticker art. Um, like we said, there was like a giant wall of just car vinyls. Yep. Which was insane. We bought a couple of those. Yep. Um, I got patches from that vendor. For that vendor best. had a huge amount of shit. They had like the car decals, yeah. and they had like playing card or card playing card game playing Sorry. card game mats. That's the, yeah, yeah. There you go. And then just like lanyards stuff. Like it was a shit ton of just. A lot of the, I stuff. noticed that several other things were sold in like Spencer's because I saw like a bunch oh, yeah. of their lanyards were sold in Spencer's. Their pendants are. I'm like, okay, gotcha. Like you guys are also that kind of vendor. Hmm. Um, we saw a lot of the uh, custom print shirt places. Like there's a ton of shirts. I got a shirt. I you got it. one. It's a great crossover shirt. I love Between it. Between Attack on Titan and Teen Titans. That's all yep. I'm gonna say. You saw a picture of it on the Facebook site if you looked at them. Yep, it's great. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. We saw another, you know, booth that had some really cool stuff. You almost got the uh, Daft Punk cross uh, Mega Man yeah. style shirt. I'm, gonna, I'm still gonna get that. shirt. Oh, absolutely. There's this, I've seen a couple of different variants of that shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you saw. There was a guy standing next to us at one point who had it's a it was a bigger version of the design, but it was more colorful. Instead oh yeah, of more yeah. of the just the gray metallic look mm-hmm. of the one they had were selling. I mean, yep. You gotta make choices. Some really cool posters all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I I spent how much? Almost sixty dollars just on mm-hmm. art and prints and posters and stuff. I spent thirty. Yeah. No, I well, like almost forty actually, including patches. Yeah. But yeah, we spent a lot of money. Not um, even that much. We could have gone so much. Oh, I know. There was people there. I'm sure that spent hundreds. We oh just yeah. Went, we did what we could without breaking the bank. Pretty much. Um. Yeah, it was really cool. Second day, we did suits. We did. We were fancy. Tried to have selfie stick Sunday. Selfie stick was a piece of shit. Piece of shit, fucker. Cried. And to go home and be in a freaking depressive-induced coma over the lack of selfie stick Sunday. Exactly. How it changed my life for forever. <laughs> Robbed me of all happiness. Yep. But yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, I guess we can do some shout-outs. Yeah. You know. 
Um, so some people that we talked to that was really cool. We talked to uh, the place that we got the decals and patches from is uh, Level Up Studios. Um, their site is levelupstudios.com. They, they're the ones that have a bunch of stuff, backpacks, bags, patches, anything, decals. Really, anything you want. Geek Pretty related. much yeah. anything. Um, the bead art pixel art, which is really cool stuff. It's that kind of thing where you put the beads together and it makes an image and you use the uh, wax paper and iron to create. But these people were very professional about it and created pretty much anything retro gaming that you ever wanted, they made. So like you can get like a, a little Legend of Zelda link from the first game and that was there. So that was really cool. You can see, you know, they had a whole sets and for that and they even like showed off that you can put them in frames. That was really cool. And that's uh, Alfred, uh, sorry, Alfred and Vanessa Barges. Uh, their uh, email is prismaticlama at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit him up and, uh, you know, they'll mail you, you know, obviously they'll figure out how to make that work, but like Etsy and stuff like that. Um, the guy that we got most of the art prints from, um, Eric Lemus, uh, his screen name is Truzart, T-R-U-Z-A-R-T. Um, you can hit him up at Truzart at yahoo.com. You can hit him up on Facebook, Instagram, he's there. Um, I think he also said he was on Twitch doing like Periscope stuff and like live art stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's also he's been trying as he was saying he's been trying to get some of that speed painting stuff on there mm -hmm. on his YouTube and stuff. Um, the place that we got our 3ds XL vinyls um, was a guy named Mitch Stanton. He does custom uh, geek themed uh, vinyl art, and so. Like, I got a black Yoshi with a black egg. And I got a little Metroid and a little Samus Aran logo. Yep. Um, but uh, you can hit him up on uh, stickermitch.com or gamethemedthings.com. Game -themed yeah. Um, yeah, those are really cool stuff that we got there. Super cheap, too. Like, really affordable. Really mm -hmm. great stuff. We actually, he even offered that uh, he'll, he might work with us in the future to create some vinyl stickers of our own. Mm hmm um, on the networking side of things, we kind of talked to a couple guys that were also trying to do their own thing similar to us, and those were uh, Troy Tuttle um, at aimassistgaming.com. Um, that's his uh, that's his website, and then his personal email is troy at aimassistgaming.com. Um, not really sure what he does. By the sound of it, it sounds like he does mostly FPS videos. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was uh, Blake and Sean Carter, which are directors and writers. Um, they're two brothers. Uh, their uh, YouTube is Bros Carter at YouTube and all that. Um, but you can hit them up at broscarter at gmail.com. And then I think you have And one there was more one here. more artist um, who we got a couple other prints oh, from. Oh, yeah, these guys are cool. Johnny Segura. It's a lot of really, really cool, like, digital. like Very dorkly style art. A lot of it. Like, there's there was everything. Like, I bought um, a... Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core print, and so I got like cool. a Mewtwo one, and he literally had like everything. His name is Johnny Segura. His website is Johnny Segura Third, using the number three. Um, dot com. Yep. Um, I really liked that he had he he relied heavily on the sexual theme stuff for the female art that he was doing. But, but he had so much choice too. Exactly. Like, that that's, was that's, the, that's the thing, thing I was about, literally about to say was that uh, the cool piece that uh, that we got. For my girlfriend that's uh harley quinn was the probably the most accurate harley quinn picture there and that's that she was slamming a hammer down very comically and very cartoony and it was very like really well done and it made me very happy that he had the option of like yeah here's a shit ton of really sexy harley but then there's this one that's just funny great time he had a couple hours really good harley stuff yeah i loved the one there was one of um 
it was just Charlie sitting there with a little Joker doll. Yeah, like, that, that was, was, that was cool. pretty cool too. Yeah, there was a lot of those though. Um, yeah, it was a good, really good set of uh, vendors, and you know, got... it was a good convention overall. Like yeah. I honestly feel like, like at one time I'm like, you know what, I really feel like you guys could have done in a bigger venue. Yes, but at the same time I'm like, how much of the people were here just for Dragon Ball? And looking at, like, their past numbers and everything, they were just kind of assuming with their growth, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. I think that was the biggest thing. And, I mean, you're not going to be able to lock down Funimation every year. Like, this definitely feels like a very hypeable year for Funimation. They're really hyping up that Resurrection of F and Dragon Ball Super. Like, mm-hmm. bringing back two ser- like a movie and a series that are profound in the community. There was also the um, the Guest of Honor they had there for a couple of days. Uh, John St. John, the... Um... Voice of Duke Nukem. Yeah. Which, I mean, we weren't too interested in him. but We just... heard him talk a few times, and yeah, he's the voice of Duke Nukem. Yep. That's all I'm really going to say. And Big the Cat. And Big the Cat. Um, but yeah, that was a really good time. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was, it was exhausting. Oh, it is. Like, especially when you're trying to, like, hit stuff consistently and walk. The, I mean, how many fucking street passes did we get? Over 200. I'm going to pull like. this up real quick. I, like, yeah, probably, like, close to, like, 200, 250. Um. Yeah, I was around 200. Now I'm over five, so under three, but definitely pretty close to 300. Um, if you're having trouble stateside, obviously with getting um, somewhere. Um, basically, if you're having trouble with getting street passes, if you're playing those kind of games and you feel like it's kind of worthless, go to a convention for a day. You'll realize that's okay. That's where you're gonna find that. Like we saw, almost every single person there at least had. One. I had to buy another Street Pass game halfway through. Two actually. Two. Because I was like, this is just this is ridiculous. Like I was at like sixty when we left, and I I'm pulling it up right now, but I'm I'm at, uh load faster. It's loading right now. Loading green screen of loading three hundred and ten. Yeah, I would think I was at like two ten, and now I'm. 500 and something and i'm gonna go to the plaza gate real quick and there's probably gonna be 10 more people there sitting for me because i haven't done it i finally cleared mine didn't, out didn't do it oh look there's 10 more oh, people Oh god there's 10 never like literally it was the cycle of 10 people go through all your games go to gates 10 more people go to all your games yeah and if you're playing a game that's just like a, dr- a drag really to play that's what was shitty i started skipping it honestly i kept skipping that space one after a while I, like, i've been skipping the the battleground z one a little bit yeah, it's just a little bit much sometimes. Like, you just get swamped, and you're like, I kind of wanted to play the game that's in my fucking DS. Nah. Nah, don't nah, have time I'm for that shit. That. Um, well, and then we just sit in there, and you just see that green light, just boop, 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 and you're like, fuck. It's all over. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Street Pass at conventions is crazy. I don't know, man. It was a good time. I mean, in the future, I feel like we would... It'd be better if we had more people because then we could spread out who goes where more and be yeah. less taxing for sure. But it was a really good time. Um, I think we're going to try and plan out PAX Prime for next year and see if we can't get more people involved for that. Yes. Because um, we could definitely use the assistance. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, I think we'll go on ahead and. There's, uh, there's one more thing we want to talk about. Um, we're doing a shorter podcast today, obviously, because we don't want to talk, we don't have a lot to talk about. No. Uh, formal podcast will return next week, obviously. But uh, obviously, the world didn't stop while we were at SGC, and we yeah, wanted to yeah. shed some light on the unfortunate news that um, um, 
Iwata of Nintendo, CEO, and... Satoru Iwata. Satoru Iwata has passed away. It was actually... We learned right after last week's podcast. Yeah, like, got out, went to Anthony's birthday party, and then the news happened. Yeah. Um, So, in honor of him, we're going to, like, you know, talk a little bit about our favorite game of his real quick. Um, I think my favorite piece of news that has come out, like, in terms of, like, you know, stuff that he did was, like, that news that... I wouldn't say it's new news, but the news of like Gold and Silver was struggling to get the game on the uh, the GB. Well, I guess that was color cartridge at the time, mm-hmm. and he stepped in, and in one week he was able to make so much room that they added Kanto to the game, and like he was very hands on as a developer, and it showed over time. Um, you know, he worked he worked at HAL Labs, and then went and became the president of Nintendo. And that's just crazy to me because, like, the entire time we've been really devoted to Nintendo, he's been in charge. Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, like, we had mentioned it, like, in the last Nintendo Direct, he looked really unhealthy. Yeah, he looked really out of it. And, I mean, it's just, it's insane to see, like, he dropped us so fast and so quickly. So he died at age 55, which is just crazy to me. Um, there were thousands of people that flocked to his funeral. Obviously, I mean, like, it's a given that they would. It's just, it's one of those things. Knowing something would happen and seeing it, and you're just like, holy crap! Um, but we did know, like, the past few years, he's been in and out of the hospital for several surgeries and and several treatments. So we kind of had a feeling, like something deep down, knowing like he's probably on his way out mm-hmm. in some capacity. Sure enough. Um, Heck, I remember the reports of the most recent uh, stockholder meeting that Nintendo had and, like, all the questions that were directed to him about the future of Nintendo. He kind of shirked off in such a way of, like, we don't, we're not going to talk about stuff right now. And, like, two weeks later, this happened. It's like, he probably knew, honestly. He probably knew that this was going to happen, and he was trying to get his affairs in order. Mm-hmm. One of my sad. favorite quotes is that I've been seeing this everywhere this week from him was on oh man i had it and oh, now it's gone oh stupid internet oh freaking chrome crashed what oh way? of course uh uh one sec uh, it's coming. i it's mean iwata is probably the most recognizable name in nintendo outside of like miyamoto, miyamoto. yeah and reggie fils mm-hmm. goes with the, they are the three i mean heck every every direct we've seen those three working together heck my favorite moment from last year's direct was the fake Smash Bros. fight between Reggie and, I- and Iwata. Like, that was my all, like, probably my favorite video they've ever done. So the quote is, on my business card, I'm a corporate president. In my mind, I'm a game developer. But in my heart, I'm a gamer. Yeah. Because it's like, he was so true just, like, to the gaming industry and just, like, making people happy. Just, just making things fun. Yeah. And I mean, no matter like, what he did. Yeah. And I mean, like, Nintendo's kind of just held true to that, um, that vision for just such a long time. I mean, like, yeah, maybe... We can talk all we want about like how iffy some of their things have been as of late and how the Wii U's kind of been struggling, but it's just like at the end of the day, like their first party games are the reason why they are so huge and he played a huge part in that. He knew that people wanted to be entertained mm-hmm. and he was unwilling to back down from the stance of let's make games fun first and foremost. And for all the criticisms that he and Nintendo have had over the past few years, like he stood by his guns, and I respect him wholeheartedly for that. And I mean, I truly do love the games he puts out every time. Yeah. So that happened. Um, 
I think that's about it that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Our thoughts obviously go out to the people of Nintendo, like we said. Like, absolutely. The gaming community is in shock, but at the same time, I'm just like, I'm really interested to see how some of Nintendo's stances are going to change in like the next six months to a year. Well, let me let me, let me add this then to that, is that what's in- interesting is that the guy that was in place before Iwata took uh, control um, was in control till he was like 89 or 92. Somewhere. It was somewhere right around there. Um, they've got a board of directors behind the president. That board of directors has been around and are people who've been through everything mm-hmm. with the company. I don't foresee very much change actually happening. I just foresee them finding someone with a similar passion to Iwata. That's their main goal, I think, is find someone with the same kind of likable, cl- uh, likable um, tradition because he was very traditional. He was very much like a salary man in, in terms of how he presented himself. But at his heart, he was still a boy just playing games. Yeah. So with that, uh, we'll leave you guys with just uh, that, and we'll wind up seeing you here. Or you'll hear from us next week for sure. Oh, yeah, full crew, full full crew, like we said, full um, cast. We wanted to touch on our experience at SGC here. Um, yeah. I guess like final thoughts, like would you come back to SGC? I mean, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, by all means, we'll, we'll come back at some point, I think. Um, heck, we might even come back as some form of event. Oh, jeez. Who knows? I mean, who knows what happens in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, but what's also cool is, I think, seeing the different kinds of pan- like conventions we've been to, the fact that you and I have both been to RCX, we've both been to this, they're very different animals, and they're very different presentations of what the content is. So knowing that, I'm interested to see another version. That's why I think we're looking towards PAX Prime now. Is like, okay, that's the next different thing we want to try out. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to kind of find where we fit in this medium. And so while we may not come back to SGC next year, we will be back at some point. Yes. What about you? Yeah, I think that's really the same. Like at this point, like you have so many choices for cons. I mean, like, I get the people who are like, oh, I'm going to go to this convention every single year because that's what I do. And Tradition. I 100% appreciate that. Yep. It's like, there's so many conventions now. It's just like, experience them all. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, RTX, you know, we've been to SGC. I'm going to BlizzCon in November. Oh, yeah. um, PAX Prime. I want to go to MAGFest one day. I yep. obviously want to go to E3 one day. It's just like. I'd really like to check out ClayCon one of these years because mm-hmm. that's just been around for forever. Um you know, we we make fun a little bit of, of San Diego Comic Con to an extent, and New York Comic Con even more so because those are just so insane. But to a degree, we do want to go less for the panels and much more for the sh- just the show floor because mm-hmm. there's so much. Um, E3, we really want to be able to go to that as a presser, and that that'd be cool if we can knock that down. Um, yeah, we're interested in a ton of panels, so I like. If you're interested in classic gaming and many YouTubers and finding more about how they get their stuff to work as well as more behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's it's a kind of a party and celebration for classic retro gaming. Um, I highly recommend going to SGC. If you're not much into that kind of stuff, you're probably not going to have as much fun, just to put it out there. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our YouTube we are in talks of trying to figure out scheduling and how we're going to do videos, but you'll start to see video uploads on that sometime in the next few weeks. Um, you can email us at geekdominationlisteners at gmail.com. Um, go to our website, geekdomination.net. Um, there you'll see the news from this entire week, things such as uh, Jade Raymond opening up a new EA studio, Motive Studios. Um, 
you know, uh, friggin' uh, Konami removing the box art, uh, the Kojima logos and mm-hmm. any references on the box art. Uh, just a bunch of stuff all over the place. So go there, check out what's happened this week. There's some Fallout stuff from uh, San Diego Comic-Con still up, up on there from this week. So that'll be uploaded tonight. And tonight is Sunday. You'll probably see this podcast after that. So yeah. See you guys. We'll see, see you next week. Bye.